Welcome to Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Your host, Jeanette Linfoot, talks to incredible people about their experiences and unleashing their full potential. From the boardroom tables of big international business to the dining room tables of entrepreneurial startups, embracing opportunities, overcoming challenges, taking risks, while staying true to yourself is where the magic happens. Hi, it's Jeanette here. If you're enjoying Brave, Bold, Brilliant, I'd love it if you'd subscribe, share with your friends and leave a five-star review. Let's do it. Here's the show. Jeanette Limfoot, a highly regarded exec, property investor, board advisor with uh, lots and lots of experience uh, working globally across travel, leisure, hospitality, and now property. The um, thing that strikes me about Jeanette is her energy and her passion. Uh, and I don't know how you keep going, really, Jeanette, to be honest. It's, uh, it's brilliant on Supercharge, uh, but you're all about helping people achieve their full potential. Um, and uh, you're also the host of the Brave, Bold, Brilliant podcast, uh, which is great. Um, and that whole thing seems to be based on, on the basis that, you know, anyone can achieve anything if they put their minds to it. So, uh, Jeanette, welcome. And thanks for coming on the show. No, no, lovely to be here, David. Thank you for asking me on. I feel very privileged. That's great. It's great. So you're quite early. So uh, so it's going to get in first and get all the all the good tidbits and snippets and advice for people about how to find their purpose and and really go after it. So uh, looking forward to hearing what you've got to say. Brilliant. Now we have a good old chat, won't we? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So where are you? Where are you now? You're in the Gower, is that right? Yes, I'm in a place called Mumbles, uh, which is just next to Swansea, just uh, the gateway to the Gower. And mm-hmm. uh, yes, we've recently relocated here because we are investing and expanding our property business down here into luxury holiday homes. So yes, we have uprooted twice in a year um, yeah. from our London home up to Manchester and now in Mumbles. So uh, yeah, all good. Thank you, David. Brilliant. Good. Well, you do seem to be everywhere at the moment and not just kind of in <laughs> physically, but also on, on social media. So, so what is it you're working on right now? Well, quite a few things, actually. I mean, we have our property business, which I've just mentioned there. So a lot's going on there in terms of doing bigger deals and, and you know, working with investors to give them a great return as well. So that's exciting. Mm. Um, I also do a lot of one-to-one mentoring, um, really with people in te- working in tents to help them scale up and grow. So whether they're in a corporate career or a, a business owner, I work intensely to to help them really um, take their business and their career to the next level. So I've got some amazing mentees that are absolutely smashing it, which is cool. Um, I also do a lot of advisory work. So um, if a business needs a strategic review, uh, I do a lot of mergers and acquisitions as well. So I've got a few things in the pipeline there in the travel and hospitality space. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, and then I've got the podcast, Brave Bold Brilliant. So there's a lot going on, David, but all interesting stuff. And um, I mean, we're going to talk about this a lot. But when you when you actually find your purpose and you're passionate about what you do, then actually it doesn't really seem like work so yeah. much you know, because you enjoy it. So, yeah. yeah, that's that's me, really. Lots going on. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. That's very true. I, people talk about work-life balance, don't they? But then the other way of looking at it is about work-life integration, I suppose. And if, if you've got a, a purpose that you're going after, uh, then, um, then that sort of pervades all areas of your life, and uh, and yeah, you feel energised by it rather than feeling exhausted by having to go to work and do do your eight hours and all that sort of thing. 
Yeah, absolutely spot on. And, you know, listen, I, I really enjoyed my life in corporate and having having the jobs and the roles that I had. I feel very fortunate. But so I was never one of those that hated their job and wanted to sack the boss. It was never that was not my point. But yeah. I think you go through different phases at different points in your life, your career, your business life, your personal life. And, um, you know, what what's uh, what's been right and, and appropriate in the past isn't necessarily what you want to be doing going forward. And it's okay to change, I think, over yeah. time because yeah. we all evolve as people, don't we? Yeah? Absolutely. So go on then, tell us a bit about your story then. So where did your journey start then and how did you end up here? Yeah, sure. Well, you can probably tell from my dulcet tones, David, that I'm a Mancunian. Don't hold it against me. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> so, yeah, so I grew up in Manchester, you know, really loving family, mum and dad. I'm the youngest of three girls, actually. So my dad, God rest his soul, used to call us the knicker brigade. <laughs> so I was the, I had the smallest knickers in the family oh. at that point. I'm not sure it holds good now, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> so um, lots lots of fun as a, as a kind of family growing up, but very much, a, you know, sort of a normal working class family, really. My dad was a plumber. Mm. My mum was a secretary. Um, although my mum was quite entrepreneurial as well. My mum's still uh, still alive today, which is great. So she's quite a fireball, my mum, quite entrepreneurial. Yeah. Um, yeah. But still, you know, I grew up in a very normal family. I was the only one to go to uni. Yeah. So um, I guess I felt that pressure, actually. Not that anyone put pressure on, but I put pressure on myself. You okay. know, I sort of, I knew that mum and dad had, had had to make sacrifices to, to enable me financially to go to university. So I wanted to do the best. So... Yeah. I, I took myself off to Leeds, um, stayed north, did a, an economics degree, came out with a first, which was Ooh, really uh, well done. cool. Yeah, so I was quite pleased with that. But I definitely burnt the candle both ends. Did you? I think it's, a, it's probably, a, yeah, I think it's a theme with me, David, you know, work hard, play hard. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so I, I, I did an economics degree. When I, did, when I graduated, couldn't get a job. It was a uh, recession was on in 93, showing my age here. And Same uh, age yeah, as me. Oh, you see, it's a good year. Good year. Yeah, good, yeah. Good, I, good, yeah, good vintage. I, yeah, exactly. I, I left. Uh, I left college in '93 as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you you remember what it was like, and uh, you know, I was applying for hundreds of jobs, and despite having a great degree and what have you, just couldn't get anything. Hmm. I ended up. I, I mean, I would do anything to bring money in, you know, just to to kind of keep the wall from the door. And I also didn't want to, be, you know, be a burden on my parents either. So I was. Wiping tables in Debenhams. I had a job in a chippy. Yeah. I did bar work. I delivered the post at Kellogg's. I waited on at Old Trafford. You know, so I had about four or five jobs on the go. Yeah. Um, and then eventually I did get a proper job as a government <laughs> economist. So I moved down to London, which was a big move for me being a northerner. And I said, I'll give it two years. Yeah. And then, you know, here we are 20 odd years later. Yeah. Um, so I'm in Mumbles now, but up to very recently, we were in London and we still got our properties in London and what have you. So, so yeah, so I, I had a, a good start in terms of early career, but the civil service was not for me longer term. Um, and I jumped into travel. And then I really worked my way up from the bottom. I joined Thompson, uh, which was one of the mar- was market leader at the time back in the 90s. Um, and and then uh, yeah, kind of worked my way up to ultimately becoming the managing director of the emerging markets for TUI. Uh, so I bought, ran, sold businesses in Russia, China, India, all over the place. Had a big international team. And then the last exec role I did, I was the CEO of the travel division for Saga. So I had four businesses, um, about three hundred and seventy million of turnover, seventeen hundred people on my team. So you know, I'd kind of gone from this 
very much average Joe working class girl from Manchester, which I still, you know, kind of consider myself very proud of where I'm from yeah. to, to run in these big global businesses. And, um, and that's kind of the plotted history until just over three years ago when I jumped out of corporate life to, to set up my, my own thing. Um, well, multiple things as we spoke about. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's me in a nutshell. Wow. What a story. <laughs> and so, so what part is um, sort of finding and following your purpose then played in in that career? Because it sounds like you've kind of you've kind of you know always been quite ambitious, and even if that wasn't necessarily an overt thing, that you're obviously driven by by success or by something. So so mm. you know, what what was what was that? Was that purpose or was that something else? Um, I think I think when I was younger, it was if I'm really honest, you know, being the youngest of three girls. Um, yeah, I was always the baby of the family. And I guess, you know, you want the recognition, don't you, and the acknowledgement. Um, you know, I mean, I, I was incredibly loved, still am by, by all my family. But I think deep down, it was almost a little girl in me going, hey, look at me, aren't I doing well? You know, like looking for the affirmation, really, of, of kind of your own self-worth in a way. So yeah. definitely when I was younger, but I knew I was different. I always knew that my path was going to be very different to my sisters. Not that it's better, just different. Yeah. You know, so so they they stayed local to Manchester, both settled down quite young, had a family, both of them, you know, I, I don't have kids and stuff. So I, I guess even at an early age, I knew that there was a big wide world out there and I wanted to explore it. I didn't know what it was at mm. that point, mm. but I knew that I needed to kind of you know, not escape Manchester as such, because Manchester's a brilliant city, but I knew there was more to be found. Yeah. Um, and then that led me led me to a life in travel. And I guess, I guess there's been multiple points to it. So one was probably trying to prove something to myself about being worthy in, yeah. in the early days. Um, and it sort of drove me. Um, I was always a, a bit of a girly geek. I was quite academic. You know, I was always a bit of a girly swat. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and that carried through really in terms of career because I would always really graft very, very hard to, to do the best I could. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, and, and then I guess really in terms of purpose, you know, I, I was in an industry and still am in the travel and, and, and tourism industry that is a, a fabulous sector. Yeah. You know, you are literally, you know, making dreams for people, uh, but it's a very hard-nosed business environment. You will not find a tougher industry to be in. Because right. the margins are very thin, but you're affected by global shocks. I mean, if you look about the recent pandemic, it's totally decimated the travel industry. Yeah. But it, it accounts for 10% of global GDP. You okay. know? So it's a very, very, very tough business. But the outside of it seems like you're just sending people on holiday. And isn't that lovely? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so finding the industry I was in definitely meant that I, I, I was passionate about travel. I was passionate about other cultures. Yeah. And I think that's what led me to then when the opportunity came to go to Russia, mm. even though that hadn't been on my radar directly, I just thought, well, oh, wow, you know, why not give it a go? If, if I mess it up, I'll learn something, you know, and hopefully I won't. So, and then that really was a turning point in my career because I just said yes to the opportunity without overthinking it. Okay. Um, but I think my natural natural interest in people culture diverse communities um helped me at that point see that that was where i was meant to go with my career yeah um so yeah there's loads in this but then then you know when i decided to come out of corporate life you know my my purpose and reason why has shifted yeah um because i'm at a different point in my life now yeah yeah sure i mean i quite often get asked by people about that whole decision-making process about making that transition from one kind of 
career or vocation to another. Um, mm. I mean, there's somebody uh, who, who in my community who's asked that they're, they're working in marketing right now, and they've asked specifically about they want to transition into 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 healthcare. I mean, what what goes through your mind when you're looking at that? Because you've done that quite a few times in your career, haven't you? Either moving abroad or or then leaving corporate life and then becoming sort of an entrepreneur, if you like. So, what goes through your mind when you're making those sorts of decisions? Yeah, I mean, I think you have to take, I mean, I can only say what's worked for me. You know, mm. I think I think it's about being brutally honest with yourself mm-hmm. because the easiest person to lie to is yourself, right? It yeah. genuinely is. And, yeah. and I think so often we do things because we think we should be doing something and, and it's what's expected very often of us, you know, whether that's a career choice that really is probably what your parents might have wanted you to do or, yeah. or, or what society expects of you, you know. And I think... When you're making a decision around a, a, a significant change in your life or your business or your career, whatever it is, or a relationship as well, because I've had a few of those over the years, right. um, uh, yeah, in a good way, yeah. in a good way. But, but I've left a very bad relationship, and I know what that's like to go in, and in a really good relationship that I'm in now with Chris. You know, so yeah. uh, I think when you're making those those choices. You have to be really honest with yourself and brutally honest around what's important to you. What do you really want that's, mm. that's, that's true to you? And I think if you can get that out of your head and down on paper, even if it's a jumble, you know, and it's just literally thinking about everything you want, it helps you then get start to get clarity. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a bit of a, as I say, a bit of a, a geek. I like to assess things. Yeah. So if I'm struggling... You know, it might be something as simple as saying, well, what are my options here? You know, and, and almost coming up with some criteria that allows you to rank them. So say you're considering, I don't know, maybe two or three different job opportunities. Yeah. You know, one might be about progression. One might be about financial. One might be around the enjoyment factor. One might be about, I don't know, convenience, if you like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and almost score, score them against those criteria to help you get the clarity if you're struggling. Yeah. Um, you know, just silly things like that can really be very powerful. But being honest with yourself, and and then also, I think that a thing that's really helped me through my life is making sure I'm surrounded by the right people. Yeah. Um, you know, because because very often your journey, your journey is your journey, mm. right? It's no one else's, mm. and no one can live your life for you. But there will be people in your network, in your life, in your family circle, friends, or, or colleagues. That, that some of them will either lift you up and support you with what you're trying to do, especially when you're making a big change. And then there'll be other people that maybe are less supportive, might even try and put you off or might just, you know, certain safe, certain things that could really, you know, really destroy your confidence. Mm. So I think take a good hard look at who you're spending time with yeah. and, and really, you know, having a few close people that you really trust that you can ask their counsel yeah. when you're making a big move has, has really helped me. Um, I would say David. So yeah. there's no one size fits all. No, no, I agree. Those- yeah. Yeah. I agree. And it's interesting, isn't it? Cause when you get feedback from people sometimes or people's opinions about what you're planning to do uh, very often you know they they may give you feedback that doesn't necessarily help you to take that step forward but they're not necessarily bad people or or doing a bad thing or whatever they just they just care about you and they're just concerned for you but it kind of says perhaps people talk more from their perspective rather than from yours don't they sometimes naturally yeah, I think that's right. And and like you say, it's not that someone's necessarily trying to be, you know, mean or, or, or vicious to you, but 
you know, they're 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 in their own space, right? They're on their trajectory, whatever that might be. Yeah. And you know, as I said before about my sisters, you know, I adore my sisters. They've God, they've they've provided amazing nieces and nephews who I'm so close to. I'm very thankful for. Mm. But I knew my journey was going to be different to theirs. Yeah. And we're really close. Yeah. But we are really different, and I think that's that's okay. Um, but when you're making a big change, just be careful a little bit of the naysayers. Yeah. And and it's not that you have to ignore that because feedback is feedback. You choose to to do with that as you see fit. Yeah. But if you find that you're with people that are constantly sort of putting you down, making you feel rubbish, you know, that they're probably not the kind of people that you want to to hang out with. Yeah. so much yeah, yeah, in this yeah. next phase yeah. and i think it's to- it's tony robbins that's, that says a lot about i mean i love tony robbins mm. um he is the, the master of personal development with his big teeth and his big american voice <laughs> and whether you, whether you love him or hate him you know yeah. he's, he, for me he talks a lot of sense yeah but what tony talks about is your standard right and that we all have certain standards and you raise your standards. You know? So very often, if you're an ambitious person that, that wants to get on, yeah. you know, you, you will have a certain standard, a certain level of, and it could be career, it could be your fitness level, your health. Yeah. And, and then when you get to that point, very often you might raise your standard again. Yeah. But, but sometimes the people that are maybe you knew from the past, they're at a different level. Mm. And it's not that it's better or worse, but that's their standard. Mm-hmm. That, and, and doesn't mean to say that yours has to be the same. So, you know, I think that can have an influence as well. Yeah, definitely. And I can remember quite a few times in my life where I've made decisions that, and, you know, decided to do things and spend my time in areas where it might not necessarily have, uh, have taken me towards what my friends were doing, uh, as an example, uh, but it's taken me in a slightly different direction. But, you know, I've still got those strong friendships and relationships mm-hmm. and all that. And, um, and they're still an important part of my life, but we're just on different, we're just on different paths. And, uh, and, you know, we're all unique, aren't we? I mean, one thing that I, I do believe is that, and um, this is one of my beliefs about purpose actually, is that because we've all got, we were all unique. That means therefore we all have a kind of unique abilities or maybe there's two or three things and not everyone will have the same makeup that, that I have or that you has or, or, or whatever. We're all, we're all unique. So in a way, we owe it to the world to, to put that unique ability into action. So finding it and putting it into action, we owe it to the world. That's the way I see it. Oh, you are so right. I couldn't agree more with you, David, seriously. And, and you know, the point is, what's the saying, you know, be yourself, everyone else is taken. And, and, and you know, and, that, and that's that's very true, isn't it? Like, it is. I think <laughs> well, this comes down to sort of being comfortable in your own in your own skin. And, and it's got it always starts with the inner you. Mm. Everything starts with the inner you. So whether it's finding your purpose, mm. whether it's taking action against that purpose, whether it's you know, really being in the right growth mindset, you have to, it's an inside job. Yeah. You've got to start with you. Um, and and you're absolutely spot on there with what you say. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. So another debate that I quite often have with people is uh this whole thing about planning. Cause um mm-hmm. I, I'm not really I'm not really into detail, but I have to force myself to get into detail. Otherwise I'll just drift off and be, oh, there's a butterfly. I'll get distracted <laughs> by all that sort of stuff. So I've got a spreadsheet, got no numbers in it, it's got words in it, right? Which is my sort of plan. And I've had that for a while. And then um I was listening to, I don't know if you've heard of it, there's an artist called called Mr. Bingo, who's uh, who's no, he's he's brilliant, he's really, really funny, really funny speaker. But he's like, No, I don't have a plan. I don't do plans. I don't do, I, you know, I just, I just do stuff that I enjoy and if and people like it and they buy it or whatever, then that that's fine. But so what's your view on, on, on planning and on, on having, 
a life plan? Is that something that that you think is important, or or is that something that that you have? Yeah, for me, it's important, mm. uh, but I think everyone is different, you know, because I think sometimes you just want to give something a go, yeah, and just just jump in to see how it how it goes, how it feels, are you enjoying it? So that there's 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 a there is an appropriate time to just not be so plat, not be so rigid, and to be flexible and just be opportunistic. That has a part to play for sure. Yeah, but for me, I think if you if you know what your purpose is. And you know where you're heading. You've got much better chance of getting there. Mm. So having a plan, even if it's very simple, doesn't have to be overly complicated. But having some form of plan, something that you can measure against, mm. makes an absolute world of difference. And and certainly when it comes to business, you know, I I work with some incredible business leaders, both in corporate life and in in um, you know in terms of their own businesses. And I think when you're, so I get asked a lot, can you have a successful business without a business plan? for example. And the the short answer is, well, yes, you can, Mm. in particular when you're starting out, because sometimes I know lots of people who are very successful because they've just been, you know, they've been passionate, they've taken action and they've got results. Mm. And that's cool. Mm. However, if you really want to make a monumental shift and scale up or really go to the next level, a plan, in my opinion, is absolutely critical. Yeah. Because otherwise, you know, you want something to get your team behind that you can communicate. You know, if you're going to raise finance for your business, you need a business plan. You know, yeah. you need this stuff. So I think it depends on your individual situation, your style, and also what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. If you have a lifestyle business that just ticks over, there is nothing wrong with that. You probably don't need a massive plan yeah um but i'm a big fan I, i've i've always planned i have my year plan i uh, you know i have my 12 week year I, yeah, yeah, yeah what gets for me what gets measured gets done yeah and i've applied that through my whole business career when i was running FTSE 100 businesses yeah. right the way through to to my businesses now and our businesses now and they're multi-millions but if i didn't have a plan i would mm. never have got from zero to multi-million yeah sure 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 and yeah, mm-hmm. and you mentioned twelve week year then, and we've we've spoken about this before, haven't we? And uh, and I, I find that I find that really helpful because I've got these sort of when I started, I had these sort of longer term goals, and it kind of they started off being more more about sort of things that I wanted to have, if you like, and then mm-hmm. and then over time that evolved in actually no, it's, it's about it's about this is about things that I want to be or the person that I want to be rather than the things that I want to have, um, and. Uh, and, but that all seemed quite sort of far off and in the distance and, you know, nefarious, which is a wonderful word. I'm not quite sure what it means, but it's a great <laughs> word. Uh, so, and, and, and hard to get your head around, but the 12-week year talks about having these sort of 90-day horizons that you're going after and just knocking off one or two big priorities, doesn't it? And I, I find that really helps me. Do, do you take that approach? Yeah, I do. I mean, I do both in reality. You know, I like to have the longer term kind of, you know, I mean, ultimately one of the, you know, one of my reasons why is because I, I want to give back and help as many people as possible fulfill their potential. That's why I do my mentoring. It's why I do my advisory work. It's why I do the podcast. It drives a lot of what I do, the underlying kind of purpose. Yeah. And then from a fam- family point of view, you know, legacy for my niece and nephews is important. And that's why we, we're building a significant asset portfolio that gives us passive income and allows the lifestyle. So it all kind of hangs together, but having that clarity is important. So I, but you need to be able to connect the big picture with the practical taking the action. And for me, that 12 week year is really useful because 
it gives you a sense of urgency. Yeah. Um, and and also the other thing to to re, to remember is. We vary. There are lead and lag indicators, yeah. and, and that that book by Pete Moran, um, he talks about that. Mm. Um, I think it's Pete, isn't it? It's Moran, anyway. Um, Brian. So, so Brian Moran. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. So, so yeah, so we often focus on lag indicators. So, a lag indicator will be the actual result itself. So, you might say, for example, I know I want to create a property business that's going to give me fifteen million pounds worth of assets in three years. Yeah. For example. So you're measuring after the event, if you like, yeah. right, uh, in terms of results. But the lead indicators are also really important. And these are the consistent actions you're going to take yeah. that's going to end up with the results. And the mistake sometimes is that people don't measure, don't measure the lead indicators. So that could be, I don't know, if I want to build a, prop- a property portfolio, I need to be doing, you know, 10 viewings a week. For example, I need to be putting in offers on, you know, five units a week, whatever it might be. Yeah. Or if you're in a sales environment, how many how many calls are you going to make? Outbound calls are you going to make? To, and how many pitches are you going to do? So you you can't always control the outcome, but mm. you can control the the lead indicators. Yeah. And I think that really helps you connect your big picture purpose yeah. with getting stuff done because if you don't take action it's just a nice bloody theory yeah right? yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely and i do find that you know if, if i because again like i said i can get quite easily distracted by things mm. um that if i don't have a plan uh, i don't then every day get up with that kind of intention to do something towards it and if i don't do something towards it every day then well, it's not, you know, not every day, but most days, then then, yeah. then I'm not going to be making that progress. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. But and, and but at the same time, I think what's important, David, is to be, to have the flexibility when it when when you need it as well. Yeah. Because sometimes you can be too rigid that you miss things. Yeah, yeah. Where you know, and and equally, sometimes you just want to try stuff and just see how it goes. And yeah. then once something is gaining traction, you think, oh, this is interesting. Yeah. Oh, actually, now maybe I need to start having, putting something a bit more concrete around it. So, you know, I used to talk a lot about this, actually, even in my corporate life as well as I do now, about freedom within a framework. Okay. And, and that, for me, is a really good way of looking at it. So the framework is, is the plan. It's the, you know, the kind of key things you're going to do. Yeah. But then having the freedom, and that freedom might just be headspace. Yeah. You know, it, it might be just time to just sit in silence and see what comes to you. You know, if you're always busy, 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 yeah, yeah. You, don't want to, you don't want to be a busy fool. Yeah. Um. So it's it's just trying to get that right balance. But, yeah, I think plans are important. You know, plan the work, work the plan. Yeah, yeah. But um, uh, we're all different. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose if you've got a plan, as you say, you, you've got the opportunity to to revisit that every now and then, and you can kind of just nudge it. And I again have this sort of analogy, but the the, the plane, the airplane on a long distance flight is, is always slightly off course, isn't it? Because it's kind of yeah. it's 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 more about a direction than a destination. And then you know, if you can think about it in those terms, you get to enjoy the journey perhaps a little bit more and be open to other opportunities, but without being distracted by them. And you can get that get that balance right. Because, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting thing about purpose. So you mentioned a couple of things. So so what, what do you see as the purpose of your life then? Oh, well, you see, I love this question um, because I, I had a bit of a bit of a, I suppose, a, not trauma as such, but when I was deciding whether Chris and I were going to have a family, Mm. Right. Um, I really agonized about this because we decided not to have a family 
Mm. um for various reasons but it was a choice and and I remember thinking really walking around Richmond Park which is where next to where we where we live for many years yeah really soul searching myself saying my god you know what why am I here because for most people or a lot of people not most people a lot of people the natural legacy is their children yeah right yeah so then I started questioning myself, saying, my God, you know, so if we've made this decision, well, you know, what's the point? How, how will my legacy live on, actually? Mm. And it took me quite a while, I've got to be really honest, it took me quite a while to sort of get to a comfortable place with that. And this is way before I made it. I was in corporate life. I was running, um, I was a product, no, I was, man, I was MD of the emerging markets at the time. Mm. And uh, anyway, you know, so, so I, where I got to with that whole sort of thinking about it was that, I'm very close to my nieces and nephews. My sisters have been very fertile, uh, which is great. So I've got five five nephews, yeah. two nieces, yeah. two great nephew nephews, and a great niece. So you know, for me, the family piece is is around how can I be a great auntie? Yeah. You know, a fantastic great great auntie, mm-hmm. um, and and really. So I got my head around all of that in terms of where fam- their family and essentially my family fitted into that. But then I really thought, actually, I'm here to make a difference to other people. So there's a wider legacy for me. Yeah. And that is around helping as many people as possible fulfill their true potential. Because quite frankly, David, there's probably 80% of people don't follow their purpose. They don't, they're not clear on what it is in the first place and they don't live their dreams. Yeah. And they go they go to their graves. Well, I'm, not, I'm not being judgmental, by the way, no. but very often go to their graves with a, with a lifetime of regrets. Mm. Oh, I wish I'd done this. I could have done that. I could have done the other. I should have done. But you didn't, did you? Mm. So don't waste it. We only have one life. You yeah. know, I'm really passionate about this. And if I can help even one person unlock their potential because we are as you said earlier we are all unique we all have unique skills and talents and perspectives that that it would be a crime not to put that out to the world so I'm really passionate that's what I'm really passionate about as well as my family who I adore and love and, and my partner Chris yeah um but my wider purpose is is to do exactly that yeah it genuinely is and I when I got my head around all of that I was like oh cool that's nice that's <laughs> That's good. I can, I can really, I can really make a difference here, and a difference that's going to help people. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. That is amazing, and it, it takes quite a lot of. I mean, you know, your podcast is called Brave, Bold, Brilliant. You know, to take that position with your life is again is a really brave, really brave move, Jeanette. And fair play mm-hmm. to you for that. I think, um, yeah, it is brave because it just in, in making that decision is a is a brave decision, mm-hmm. but then actually every day putting yourself out there and 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 going after it i mean even things like doing a podcast you you're putting you're putting your heart and soul out there aren't you and potentially you're exposing yourself you're making yourself vulnerable you know but in pursuit in pursuit of your purpose i mean have you have you had to work to to get better at that as time has gone on have you have you have you found that challenging what putting myself out there yeah. you mean, david yeah. yeah oh god massively massively i mean I mean, I've always been quite a gobby, gobby northerner, right? So I suppose that's, so in terms of talking, yeah. I'm quite, you know, that's not an issue for me. I've always been pretty confident. Mm. But I have, throughout my entire career and, and, and life, I've, I've definitely had significant issues with imposter syndrome, yeah. not feeling good enough. And, oh, you know, being the, I was very often the only woman in the boardroom with a full profit and loss account, you know, with a room full of, 
grey suited men, you know, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I've definitely had lots of moments in my life and career where I've sort of thinking, you're not good enough, you're going to get found out. Mm. Um, whether you call it, I mean, there's a whole big thing about does imposter syndrome exist, but whatever it is, limiting self-belief, let's let's call it that. So yeah. I've had to work really hard on myself over the years. And, and now people say, oh, it's all right for you today. You know, you're so confident you're always out there. But I've really had to dig deep many, many times. Mm. To, to, and, you know, and Chris, my partner, is amazing. He's always saying, you know, you're, you're, you're fantastic. Just believe in yourself. You know, and he's constantly, constantly encouraging me. I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for his love and support and guidance. Yeah, yeah. Genuinely. Yeah. I, I, and and I, I must say that. And, and other people in my life as well. You know, my parents, you know, all, all my family, friends, et cetera. But the point is that, when I left corporate, so when I was in corporate life, you're very restricted. Yeah. You know, so I was, you know, at Tui and at Saga. So Tui was a FTSE 100 business. Um, Saga was a FTSE 250 business. So, you know, I would often be presenting the results to the the investors, the city, the analysts. Yeah. So you're very, you're, you're, the, you're, the, you're the role, you know, you're in, you're in the role, the job type, you're representing the brand. So you can only say so much Mm. or say it in a certain way let's say be careful yeah so when i left corporate it was quite liberating in a way because i just thought well actually it's my i've got my own businesses now i i decide i make the rules Mm -hmm. now yeah um as long as i'm not harming anyone or saying anything anything offensive but i definitely had to get out of my own way in particular with social media right um you know and and just sort of i was scared to death i remember doing my first live i thought i was going to throw up (laughs) i was you know and 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 but it just shows if i can do it anyone can seriously because i really i thought social media was for people that had too much time on their hands Mm -hmm. they really should go and get a real life and have a proper conversation face to face yeah. And I didn't appreciate, you know, the power of it. Mm. But there's good, there's good and bad, right? There's pros and cons in everything. So I think um, just taking a bloody deep breath, mm. be- believe in yourself, really, and, and and accepting that even if only one person listens to that and yeah. they get something from it, yeah, then yeah. that's worthwhile. Absolutely. And don't 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 worry about the vanity metrics and things like that. And the more you do, the easier it gets, for sure. Yeah, 100%. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm 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 behind you on this journey on the whole social media thing and lives and all that sort of stuff. And you're right. It's uh yeah, it's it's bizarre, isn't it? Because you sit there before you go live, before and you with your finger hovering over the hovering over the like go live button. And then I've never had sweaty fingers, but it was almost like it was hovering for so long that a drip of sweat almost came off, almost slid off the <laughs> slid off the screen of the phone. But you know, once you get going, you're all right. And unfortunately, I probably end up talking for <laughs> for longer than I should. But but getting going is really really tricky. I mean, how do you how do you you know what advice would you give to somebody now before? taking a leap like that i mean public speaking is another example isn't it where people are yeah more scared of public speaking than they are of of, of well of death it seems sometimes you know how do you how do you get get around that yourself because you do a bit of that yeah i mean for me i i when i when it came to getting going on social media i started like putting some posts out you know written posts and and then i did a pre-recorded video you know so i started gently and kind yeah. of tried to get get my feet a little bit shall we say 
But then when it came to doing lies, I mean, I'm mentored by Rob Moore, right. um, who many people will know is an absolute bloody machine when it comes to social media. He's got a huge following. Yeah. So his his guidance was really important um, for me. So I, I learned from someone that was doing it and mm-hmm. doing it in a really credible way and took their advice. I started small so that I didn't kind of start and stop and start and stop. But when it came to actually doing the lives, what I did, I thought the only way I'm going to get over this fear is to throw myself in. Mm. So I made a public commitment that I was going to do a live for Monday to Friday for the next two weeks at eight o'clock every morning. Okay. So I put it out to the world and I, I thought once I've said it, I've got to do it yeah. no matter how, how terrified I am. So, and that's how I start. And I, when I look back at my first lives, I mean, we're talking what probably a couple of years ago now, mm. it's not that long, but I mean, they're horrendous. You know, I've got, <laughs> I've got like, you know, I've got really dark lipstick on that makes me look like a vampire. <laughs> the lighting's all wrong. I'm kind of positioned, you know, all of this. Yeah. But I did it. I did it. And by the end of those 10, I wasn't perfect. That's fine. Yeah. But I was a damn sight better than than had I not pushed myself out of my comfort zone. And now, you know, of course you still get those little wobbles. Yeah. But you just remind yourself. And I always say, I mean, I, I this has held me in good stead through my entire life, really. I always say to myself, ask myself, well, how bad can it be? Yeah, yeah. No one, hopefully, no one's going to die here, mm. you know. And, and if anyone has lost loved ones, you know how terrible that is. So yeah. anything relative to that... Mm. It's going to be fine. Yeah. And if it's a disaster, delete it. Yeah. And also, I think the other thing is, accept that people are going to judge you anyway. Yeah, yeah. Because once you do realise that, and you're, you're not going to be everyone's bag. Mm. Not everyone not everyone likes me. Mm. And that's fine. I, that, I accept that. That's okay. Mm. But for those people that, that I do have a rapport with and, and I can help, mm. then that's what it's all about. you know. So I try not to worry about, the the 1% that might, you know, you might get some nasty messages and things like that. And I've had a few of those. Right. But I, you know, I just, I just kind of think, well, that's probably more about them than me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing it with with the right intention. Mm-hmm. Um, and as long as that's the case and it's I'm being true to my values and what's important to me, and I'm not harming anyone, yeah. certainly not intentionally. Yeah. Just, just give it a go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, the other thing that I think about sometimes as well is that if there's, um, yeah, it's easy to think about all the people that you know perhaps know more than you or, or whatever. But if you're if you're, you know, do, going after a purpose and you're looking to help people to fulfil their potential, then if just one person hears what you're saying and it resonates with them, and that just unlocks one door for them or helps them to take one step further forward, then it's all worthwhile, isn't it? And also, yeah, I, I, yeah, go on. No, I was going to say, actually, because on that, I had a wonderful message the other, literally last week it was, on LinkedIn, actually, from, from a lady that I didn't know. We mm. were connected, but I didn't know her. Yeah. And she sent me this message, totally randomly out of the blue, to say how much um, she really appreciated all of the content that I was putting out. She loved the podcast and that I'd encouraged her, even without knowing it, to apply for a, a new job, which was a big step up from where she was. Yeah. And she'd really had to dig deep. She said she kept saying the mantra, brave, bold, brilliant. And she applied for the job, got the job, and, and was and was just totally smashing it. And, and that was just that, you know, and I thought, oh my God, that's why I do what I do. You yeah. know, how nice, how nice is that? That's so, brilliant. That's brilliant. And the other thing about that is that, you know, how many people um uh, uh, 
are listening to to what you're saying and watching what you're doing, but they're not necessarily commenting because there are, you know, again, social media today. There's such a such a reach, isn't there? And you don't know who's listening or who's watching and um, and benefiting from that. So you know, probably. Well, I don't know. I've got no science to back this up, but I, I like I like making stuff up. But you know, I, I just believe, and it helps me that if 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 one person says, you know, David, that was amazing, then that means that maybe there's four people out there, four other people out there mm-hmm. who've heard it and they've sort of got some value out of it. And yeah, and and, it, and if that's um, you know you fulfilling your purpose, then then that's brilliant. Yeah, I think I think we're all a bit like pebbles in ponds, aren't we? You mm. know, we drop a pebble in a pond and, mm. and that ripple. Yeah. We never quite know which shore it's going to hit, or, yeah. or where you know how big the ripple's going to be, for example. But yeah. you know, it, it's it's a powerful thing, and and yeah, I think if you, I, I I believe if you put good out in the world, then then that's that you know it will come back to you as well. Yeah. Um, but most importantly, you just never know. You never know who you're helping and supporting. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah. yeah, brilliant. So um you've said it. So time is so important. Time's all we have. And we sort of often go through life acting as if time's this infinite thing that we that we have. But you know, life has to come to an end. I mean, it's a bit of a morbid question, but if you if you knew you were gonna die one year from today, what would you do? <laughs> it's a great question, isn't it? Well, I would spend a shed load of time with my loved ones mm. for sure, mm. um, and, and quality time being fully present. I would also, with Chris and I, we would stick a backpack on and we would go backpacking for three months, I would say. Yeah. Um, and I would really like to, I'd, I'd, I'd go big on the podcast, on putting myself out to the world and really trying to leave as much of a legacy behind with, you know, whether it was like shed loads of videos, shed loads of content yeah. so that, you know, something lives on after after I've gone. I would, I would definitely want to be aligning my passion for travel and exploring the world and experiences with, with Chris. Yeah. I would want to be spending time as well on leaving that legacy to help people after I've gone. Mm-hmm. And I would also want to be making sure I'm creating new memories and special moments with my family and my friends who, who are really important to me yeah. and making sure that I think I'd also want to make sure that those who I leave behind, they know it's life goes on yeah. and, and actually not to be sad because the time we've had together is incredibly special, but don't play small. I would want them to know that, you know, I'm there backing them to be the best version of themselves. Yeah. Um, so every anyone that I've had chance to, to speak to, I, I'd really want to try and get that message out. You only have one life, grab it, even though I'm not here anymore. Yeah. Um, I'm still here with you, yeah. if you like, and encouraging you to be brave, bold and brilliant. Yeah, 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 definitely. That's great. I mean, I, it's a, it's a, it's a. I know it's a weird question, but I do. Um, I've, I've, I've written my own obituary because I find that you know, if I, if I'm trying to think about okay, so what is it that I want to achieve in in my life? If you sort of think about, well, what do I want to achieve in my career? So many people get to the end of their career and they, you know, retire and then they they're left with a kind of a purpose void or whatever because they're not got a yeah. job anymore so so life's more than just what you do for work isn't it life's as you say it's family it's it's relationships it's health it's it's travel it's the spiritual the emotional all that sort of stuff and thinking okay about about um death doesn't have to be a kind of a morbid thing it can be quite a liberating thing because it actually says okay well 
that's okay, that's the end of life on this earth. And no matter what you believe happens afterwards, that's the end of life on this earth. So so how am I how do I want to be remembered? What is the legacy I want to to leave behind? So yeah. um so yeah, so having that that view is is amazing. So where would you go around the world then? If you were gonna put a backpack on, where would you go? Oh, gosh. Well, we did three months around South America mm. uh, when I left corporate life, actually. We went backpacking, went to Galapagos and the Amazon and all over the place, Chile, Argentina. It was absolutely fabulous. Right. I think I think I'd probably go I'd probably go over to Asia, I think, and explore parts of Asia that we've not we've not been to. I mean, we've been very fortunate, right? Because we've I've spent a career in travel and we've yeah. traveled a huge amount anyway for, for our personal enjoyment. But yeah, I think I'd have to take Chris to China because mm. he's got a he's got a bugbear that when I was there doing business, and this is a, this is actually a good a good uh, watch out for people. I was so busy doing the business and buying businesses for Tui and, and running the team over there. Chris says, oh, I had a visa to go to China once. And then something ended up happening. I think I got called back to the UK or my boss said X, Y, Z was happening at work and Chris never made it to China. So that was a good example of me being so focused on the career and the job that I missed a part of the journey. Yeah. So we would definitely, I'd definitely have to take Chris to China. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's an IOU right there. Definitely. Absolutely. Just so we can't so, so, just so we can't say I bloody told you. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, there's so many places around the world I'd love to get to. And I think even if I started now, I kind of <laughs> there's there's no way I'd make it to all of them. But um but yeah, I mean New Zealand's a place for me that I'd love to get to because I did a bit of traveling and uh I really, really enjoyed enjoyed traveling and 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 not just sort of seeing these amazing places but also immersing myself in 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 the culture and and yeah. and seeing how the people um you know live and and work and and all of that sort of stuff it's just it just opens your eyes doesn't it yeah it gives you a whole different perspective i mean i as i say i've been incredibly fortunate you know i because from a business point of view i've i've done business as well you know russia china india they're all totally different brazil mm. cultural cultural diversity and and sort of it makes you a more um emotionally intelligent person yeah. i think when you when you've had experience of different cultures mm. and um and therefore whatever however you apply that in where you are today it, it stays with you um and the, you know just uh, yeah the sights the sounds the smells yeah i love it i absolutely love it one other place actually that we would do we would go back to the galapagos to dive that's what we would do because when we were there on our big south america trip that we did you needed a minimum of 100 dives, uh, scuba dives, to okay. actually dive in the Galapagos because okay. the uh, currents are really strong. Yeah. So Chris and I have always said we were going back yeah. to dive yeah. um, the Galapagos because you get all the hammerheads and everything's yeah. incredible. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I love we love our diving. Okay. Wow. I've done it once and I over-equalised and I got a earache, <sighs> so I've not done it again. Oh. But there you go. I'll have yeah. to be brave bold and brilliant and give it another go so, absolutely yes indeed okay so i've got some quick fire questions for you then if that if you don't mind go for so it. we'll do some do some quick questions find out a little bit more about you so what's your favorite music and why oh heavy rock heavy rock you're a rocker are you yeah wow yeah bit of acdc all right fair enough back in black red and all up, that yeah red up chili peppers oh amazing yeah. Foo Fighters, that's all my bag. Right, it? fair play. Good, good, good. Okay, so you rock out to that. And that is that how you get in state, is it, before you go and do a live on social media? You get a bit of headbanging first. <laughs> Maybe 
if you had no, I don't, but I'm going to start doing that. Yeah, yeah, I would. You might need to sort your hair out afterwards, but uh, but yeah, definitely <laughs> worth a go. Okay, cool. And so what would be your perfect weekend? Oh, perfect weekend would be Chris and I together, um, somewhere somewhere hot, probably in a city break, I would say, having a little mooch around the old town, stopping for a little bit of tapas or something, you know, it's like a nice little drink or something. Mm. Um, yeah, just, just chilling out, really, and just spending quality time together. We laugh a lot. Laughter is really important. So, yeah, just kind of going with the moment. But, yeah, definitely with, with Chris, for sure. Brilliant. Okay. And what does your nine-year-old self love to do? Oh, show off. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Brilliant. Any examples? Oh, I'd always be the one. I'd be the kid, you know, do as ever on if we're on holiday in Benidorm or something like which we used to do as family holiday, yeah. and yeah. you have a band on. Yeah. I'd always be that kid stood right at the front of the stage, dancing away. It's that little one of me going, look at me, look at me. Excellent. Definitely. I'll be doing all that and just generally playing the fool, really. Fantastic. Okay, cool. So um uh is there any such thing as a stupid question? No. Okay. Um what makes you lose track of time? Good book. Oh, what was the last book you read then? Well, I'm reading a book at the moment, which is fiction, but I always have a business book on the go, mm. a mindset or a mindset book. Yeah. I always have a, a fiction book, so yeah. I, I kind of combine it. So I'm reading Mountain Shadow at the moment by Gregory David Roberts, which is the follow-on to Shantaram. Right. So, yeah, it's set in India, so it's it's sort of a um, based on more or less a true story, but it's, uh, yeah, very full-on. Funny, but quite intense as well. So, yeah, Mountain Shadow. Okay, down. good recommendation there. And um, <laughs> what makes you cry with laughter? Oh, you know when you're with your girlfriend. Well, you don't. Well, you might do actually. Yeah, when weekend away with my with my girlfriends, yeah. Anna, Karen, and Claire. Normally, mm. um, I've got loads of different groups, but in particular, the four of us. And you know when you're just quite, you're laughing so much that you nearly a little bit of wee comes out, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and your face is physically hurting from laughing. Yeah. So yeah, those just those just really silly moments with friends where you've just known each other for so long. But you just, yeah, you're really comfortable. And it's just a deep joy, isn't it, to, to just be silly Brilliant. in the moment. Love that. Love that. Brilliant. Okay, good. Okay, so um, a couple of closing questions then. Go for it. So uh, who inspires you the most and why? Ah, can I have two people? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so my mum inspires me, mm. um, for sure. My mum's 84. She's 85 this year. And... She's she's very intuitive, my mum. She's very she's she, family is everything to my mum, mm. but she's very feisty as well. So she she really taught me to believe in myself and to to be brave and give it a go, you know. So she's she's been quite entrepreneurial in in, in her own sort of way of doing it. She had a shop, she had a shop and a market stall, and mm. went off and bought a cottage without telling my dad. All this kind of stuff. She's quite yeah. spirited. So yeah. you know the the little short white-haired old lady that people see is actually not at all what's going on mm. um so so my mum she's very quiet very calm but very sort of fixed and, and sturdy in, in her way so my mum definitely Doreen Linfoot mm. yeah um and then then Chris inspires me Chris inspires me because every day he's always there encouraging me to be a better version of myself and that there are no limits mm. um 
you know, and, and for me, I think when you've got someone that's rock solid by your side and, and he, he lets me shine and very often I'll take the limelight, but actually having, having him in my life is, um, inspires me to be better, a better version of myself every day. Oh, brilliant. Oh, thanks, Jeanette. That's brilliant. Okay. And um, what's the most important lesson that you've learned? To believe in yourself. Definitely believe in yourself. It always starts with the inner you and you are good enough. Mm. You know, I think for many years, I didn't feel good enough. I felt I had something to prove because it was what was expected or what I thought people want. And, and nine times out of 10, people aren't actually in that anyway yeah um so i think really believing in yourself and, and knowing genuinely that you love yourself mm. really and and uh, i think that's yeah it took me took me quite a long time but i think i'm there now brilliant <laughs> that's amazing that's amazing okay and then um what's the uh so when, when you're sort of preparing to interview somebody or you, you sort of think about what questions you should ask and then think so what's the question that I should have asked you that I haven't asked you? Oh, oh, blimey. I don't know, actually. David, I think you've done a very thorough job. Have I? I honestly, yeah, I think you've done a really thorough job. Yeah, oh. definitely. Okay. I wasn't just fishing yeah. for compliments. I was, uh, I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was genuinely thinking, oh, there must be something I, you know, when, you know, when, you know, when you, um, you know when you when when you when you go do a do a job interview sometimes and you say say so what what is it that I should what's the question that I should have asked you that I haven't asked you I just thought I just had that kind of a moment. Yeah, maybe 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 you could ask how do how do you constantly work on yourself even in those moments of self doubt? Mm. That's a good question. What's the answer? <laughs> Got to think of it now. <laughs> <laughs> now, for, listen, for me, I think the answer is um, to, to realise that we're all work in progress, but to have that hunger and that desire to, to learn something, to be more and want to want to give back more, yeah. I think is 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 a is a constant sort of um, I suppose passion, if you like. So I think to work on yourself, well, it's what I do. I work on myself every single day. Yeah. I surround myself with with the right people. Um, I'm clear on why I'm here in the first place and what I'm trying to achieve, you know, and I really, I really try to take the time to make sure that my mental health is as good as my physical health. Yeah. Um, because that's so important, you know, so every morning I'll spend time in silence, do my meditation, my yoga, my visualization, you know, what that works for me. I'm not saying everyone, everyone should do that because yeah. you'll find whatever your mojo is, but Definitely being kind to yourself, not beating yourself up, yeah. um, creating space to work on yourself and be in good shape, both physically, physical exercise, really critical for me. Yeah. Um, and, and just actually, you know, cut yourself some slack. Mm. You are good enough. And I think you have to constantly remind yourself. And part of that is celebrating the small wins along the way as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, not brushing them off. And for me, that, that, that helps me continue to move forward. Um, you know, and sometimes forward is back and, you know, sometimes you need to go back to go forward or you need to go side to go forward. Yeah. So, you know, don't, when, when things don't go your, don't go your way, remind yourself, that actually there's no such thing as failure. And arguably if you're not failing, you're not trying hard enough. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Good, good, good. Well, that sounds like a great message to, uh, to end on. 
So thanks to that for your time today. Um, where can people find out more about you and follow your work? Uh, well, I'm all over social media, as you said, David. Yeah. So face, <laughs> Facebook, in, Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, it's Jeanette with two N's and two T's, which sometimes people uh, miss out on. But mm. yeah, and uh, I've got a website as well, which is Jeanette Linford Associates. I really hope you've enjoyed Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Don't forget to subscribe and share with all your friends. And if you've enjoyed listening, I'd love it if you'd leave me a five-star review. 